Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I should have listened to Carol. I listen to your wife. Who listens to their wife? Listen, you got to listen to me. You know what the deal is? What we got to do is we got to go down to the religious supply store. We got to get ourselves a couple of gallons of holy water. My oh, cousin Jerry's I'm a priest. He can get us a deal. No, no. We gotta, then we got to go to the market. I don't, I don't we got to get ourselves this. a couple I'm of those big strings. You know how they string that garlic? A couple big strings of garlic. We got to get ourselves some I'm fresh lamb's blood. And then we got to... Ray, do you want them to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Listen to this. Ray, you're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Ray, Ray, you're chanting. Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. almost there this is night 12 of the 13 nights of halloween we're here with the burbs tonight i'm tim i'm bryce and we've got guests tonight we have i'm karis and nathan let's get started Tim, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, I'll, I'll do this one. I'll lead this one. All right, so the Burbs. <laughs> the Burbs is, well, released February 17th, 1989, directed by Joe Dante of Gremlins fame. Uh, premise of the movie, settling in for some time off in his suburban home, Ray Peterson who's played by Tom Hanks vacation becomes a horror when the Klopex, a suspiciously odd family move in down the block enlisting the aid of his paranoid buddy art played by Rick Duke and his militia man neighbor Rumsfield by Bruce Dern Ray sends his son and wife played by Carrie Fisher away on a trip while he investigates the Klopex. when a neighborhood, when a neighbor, disappears ray and his cohorts risk their lives to save their cul-de-sac from the clutches of evil do you want to kick off your scores and then we'll go through on this side uh yeah why not um yeah uh so i'll I'll start us off uh with the story and plot right that's what we're doing sorry i just want to make sure (laughs) Uh, yeah, starting right. off with story. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> okay. So for story and plot, um, I gave this a two out of five. Um, I'll keep it sweet and short because it was mostly that I did not find the story compelling at all. Um, I think there was a potential good movie in here, and some of this will tie into the, the direction as well. Um, this is less of a quote unquote scary horror movie a more of like a comedy and the thing about comedies is for the in order for these movies to do well the comedy has to hit um and i just did not feel like the comedy was hitting at all for me in this movie which in turn made the story itself incredibly dry and boring for me um i was maybe on board for like the first 10 minutes just to see what happens And the only reason I kept going was because I have to record an episode of this. So I just, the story is not compelling if the, when the, cause the comedy does not hit. I don't think that anything in the movie really keeps me invested in the story. And I don't think even the ending of the movie is a good enough payoff for the journey that I went on for this movie. So 
Sounds really harsh, but yeah, I just, I did not find the story compelling at all. So two out of five. Yeah, I think that might've been a little harsh. All right, we'll let, Karis, do you want to go next or Nathan? I'll close it up. Okay, you go. It's, it's the first one, it's a four. Okay, so I, I gave it a four. Um, I thought that the exact opposite of what she said. I thought all the, all of the humor hit pretty well. Um, what I did notice was this was the second time I've ever watched it, and I noticed twice as much, you know, twice as much as the humor, and I got I got the story a little bit better the second time around. So, Karis? yeah, I also gave it a four, and this is to who knows how many times I've watched this movie, but I always pick up on something new, and like. Art taking a scoop of dog food as he's just shoveling his face full of Ray and Carol's food in the kitchen. That he helped himself to out of the fridge. <laughs> walked in the house and started eating their food and then eats dog food on top of ribs and like it's funny. It's it's absurd. It's so out there that you just have to laugh. Alright, so for me, I also gave this story a four. The Burbs is essentially a film about what happens when we let our crazy inner child overrule our inner adult. So while the premise of a neighbor watching another neighbor and being suspicious is not necessarily new, you can look at Alfred Hitchcock's rear window from a couple decades before. This movie is about so much more than that. It's a reflection of society as a whole. It is a caricature of suburbia. And at its core, it's a commentary on xenophobia. The neighbors, the neighbors share instantly commenting on their weirdness of other neighbors. And the only weirdness that they can really explain is that that set of neighbors is not like themselves. Early comments made are like, is that Slavic? Are they Slavic? Referring to the foreign nature of their neighbors. At the end of the movie, it stated that maybe the new neighbors are the crazy ones. All right, no. Yeah, that maybe the new neighbors are the crazy ones, but maybe it's the people who thought that being different was a sure sign of a bigger problem. Maybe it's the nosy neighbors who are the crazy ones. And this is as relevant today as it was in 1989. As long as we have Facebook groups for neighbors <laughs> commenting on what's happening in their neighborhoods, and as long as human beings are concerned about people who are just different than them, this story is relevant. So that's why I yep. gave it a four. Yep. Shout out to nosy neighbors. Yep, <laughs> I almost, I almost name dropped it. I still check it every day. <laughs> I'm gonna name drop it, baby. <laughs> gang, gang. All right. So anyway, happening yeah. character. All right, yeah, character. I can kick us off here. Um, I gave character a two out of five. Um, while yes, we can go off of Tim's way of how he always does it, which is going off of a character arc. Is there somewhat of a is there a character arc for our main character in this movie? Yeah, there is a character arc. However, I don't think it's just about the character arc. I think also how the characters are written and their likability does play a part in it as well. So while our main character does have a character arc to an extent, um, whether or not it's great or good, um, I just did not like any of these characters personally i again this goes back to this is a comedy movie and if i find these characters more annoying than funny it's just hard to be invested in any of them at all um there carrie fisher's character was had a couple of good lines in here that are like okay that's kind of a funny line she's likable to an extent i didn't really care for Bru for bruce stern as mark um i i think i understand the character they were going for i just think the execution was not quite there uh cory feldman was more annoying than likable for me in this one I, and i know he's supposed to be like the kid like the the kid who's quirky and has a couple of funny lines he gets all of his buddies at the end it's like okay yeah but it just didn't hit for me um even the even the weird family who they're all looking in on just i don't know i'm not gonna spend too much time on it i just the, the kid there's a character for our main character it, it kind of hits at the end but I just did not really connect with any of these characters as a whole. Um, like I said, the main two characters in um, Tom Hanks' character, Ray, and Carrie Fisher's Carol, are about the only two that I was kind of, okay, I can root for you guys. But outside of that, the other characters are, in my opinion, quite forgettable and mostly annoying. <laughs> All right. 
So, Nathan. So, I do agree with one thing. The Corey Feldman was kind of like a half-rate. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I scored this one a three. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more you, you kind of realize, I think this movie is... <clears throat> is shot from the view of Corey Feldman's character. So you Ooh, see characters yeah. who are over the top. You that is that them. is an interesting perspective, yeah. You see characters yeah. that are over the top. You see, like, the, the, the characters themselves are all from his point of view. So he's his militia neighbor. Well, maybe he's not really like that in, in real life. That's just how he portrays him in his mind so that that's actually a very good point because there are i'll talk about it later there are a couple points in the film where he comments on how like this is better than tv or like his neighborhood is the best form of entertainment so that is an interesting Mm -hmm. like he is aware that his neighbors are nuts and so that's an interesting take on that Karis. Yeah, he basically starts the movie with I love my neighborhood and he's explaining it to the girl that he was trying to woo. Yeah. So he like becomes, <laughs> Who's not she's it. like, why am I not yep. watching? <laughs> um Yeah, I gave it a four. Just cause you see Tom Hanks' character just going back and forth, like, I just want to be on vacation. I want to sit in my backyard and take a nap in the sun. All the way to like <laughs> trying to get some sleep. <laughs> I'm just trying to sleep. My eyes are closed. But yeah, talk to me. Um, to him, just like yelling at Art and the militia guy, and just being like, "Stop being who you are. Just let people be themselves." Yeah. All right. So for me, I gave the, I also gave the characters a four. I happen to think every single character of this film is flushed out and memorable in a unique way. Like I said earlier, this film is a character of everyday life and what it's trying to say. So it's an exaggeration of reality. And this is true of the characters. Ray represents the everyman just wanting to enjoy vacation but gets drawn in by his nosy and cowardly neighbor, Art. Art feeds the delusions and conspiracies, driving Ray to act. Ray's wife is probably one of the best characters in that she's the exasperated housewife who just wishes her husband would grow up and stop being a child. Uh, She is the voice of reason in the film and one of the two who behaves like a true adult. Uh, the Clopex, I think, are wonderfully quirky from the highly intelligent and professional medical doctor to the strange, almost Adams Family-esque uncle and son. Uh, we have veteran in Rumsfeld who is all too eager to break out his military gear, talk about it and how cool it is at every turn and dive back into any kind of conflict. <laughs> And then his side piece that exists to be eye candy, even for him, it's acknowledged early in the movie, like no tan lines. And he comments on how uh, Ricky's a meatball for making that comment, but he barely acknowledges his own wife in the movie. Basically because she's there to be pretty. Um, The main thing here is that these characters exist in real life. Uh, on my street, I can point out who the Walter is, who the Klopex are, who's the art and who's the Rumsfeld. We even have a Ricky Butler on our street who acknowledges how crazy his nuts are. And I think that's what makes these neighbor, these characters so great is that I can point to the houses around me and say, that's the crazy guy who's worried about his lawn. That's the teenager who just enjoys the craziness and stays out of it. That is the war veteran who's just waiting and then we even have uh we call it witness protection house right across the street where somebody lives there somebody mows the yard somebody picks up the mail but we've never seen them they never come out the guy who mows the yard said he gets paid through some p.o box in another state like it's all very identifiable and real to me so that's why these characters got a four all right Cool. Next up, music and sound. Shall I continue to lead the charge? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and take it? We'll just keep going in this order. 
Yep. Nope. That's fine. <clears throat> so for music and sound, I ended up giving this a two out of five. Um, I really didn't care for most of the soundtrack, honestly. Um, I'm I'm not a huge sucker for 80s synth necessarily um, in that time period, uh, depending on depending on the um, artist at hand. But yeah, for the most part, the music is very forgettable. I don't feel like it elevates anything necessarily. It's just, in fact, it's anything. It's way more background noise than anything in this movie for me. Um, and yeah, that's really all I have to say. It's not the worst thing ever. So that's why it's not like a one or a zero, but it's pretty forgettable. And I don't really even remember any of it, to say the least. So I'll give that a two out of five. You're getting dangerously close to Troll 2 numbers there. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, that is what it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, th- I think actually Nathan's probably closer with you on this one. So yeah, gave, for sure. I gave it a two. Just the music's not bad. It's not necessarily the most rememberable thing. Rememberable? That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily you know, something that you're going to go crazy for. Um, I thought it would have been better if they used more like of a Christopher Nolan approach using music throughout to, to add suspense a little bit. But um, overall it was, it was good, but it doesn't, it didn't help anything and it didn't help the story along at all. All right. Karis. I gave it a five just because we are all on very opposite ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two, two twos and a five so far. So go ahead, Karis. I just like when music matches the mood of what they're trying to portray. So I don't care really if it's memorable. I'm sure that's part of what needs to be scored. But I just, it always gets you thinking like, oh, something's going to happen. And then it's like the dog runs across the screen. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Right. So I say not quite in the middle. I'm closer to Karis. I gave the music a four on this. I don't think it's an Academy Award score. Um, But the music for this movie was composed by Jerry Goldsmith, who composed the classic Planet of the Apes. He's responsible for Alien, Poltergeist, the Gremlin scores. Um, But the score is kind of both genius and ridiculous, just like the movie it's the soundtrack too. It blends the orchestral neighborhood themes that you might see in a buddy comedy, neighborhood comedy, uh, blends those orchestral themes with organ heavy, chime heavy, gothic horror. And it's all, again, it's a character. It's an exaggeration. And this really, the score came at a time when comedies didn't have anything of note in their soundtrack. They played them pretty straightforward. If you think about, airplane of that time period or animal house neither one of them really leaned into the comedy with their soundtrack but goldsmith kind of went the opposite that way acknowledging the crazy that was happening on screen from ray having his own kind of cheerful theme the clopex having a deeply gothic theme even the dog has its own theme (laughs) and you either love it or you hate it but like the dog has its own theme using dog barks it's weird. It's bizarre. And then Rumsfeld, the military veteran, has a theme that brings to mind a military march complete with horns. Uh, I do I do think our scores are pretty representative of this and that the score is polarizing. If you're a fan of Goldsmith's serious work like Alien, you might not love it because he really leans into the comedy with his score. And whether you like it or not, it should be acknowledged that he did do something very different. You don't hear a movie that's quite this dynamic in the score. For me, it works. For others, I can see why it didn't. Thank you. I'm glad you acknowledged me. Uh, (laughs) All right. Jumping into editing and special effects. Yeah. I also gave this a two. Um, I was not a huge fan of the editing of this movie. I am not going to lie. I just I I found a lot of the camera shots and some of the angles and some of the creative choices they made just 
It didn't work for me. Um, I'm not going to say it won't work for some people. I see what they were going for. So I'll, I'll give it that. Like, I understand what they were going for with the editing style um, on a lot of their shots. But I just was not a huge fan of it, um, personally. Uh, as for special effects, I don't even remember if there were any, like, special effects that, like, stood out to me necessarily there's not really um, many effects in this yeah film. yeah and so maybe that's maybe that has a little bit to do with it too so whatever but yeah overall i just wasn't a huge fan of the editing of this movie um it just, i think it kind of ruined the it's one of the few things that ruined the pacing for me and um again they tried to use some of it for the comedy aspect and it just didn't hit for me at all so um if it didn't bug me it would have been a three but it bugged me throughout the whole movie so that's why it's a two all right Nathan, what do you think? Uh, I gave it a two as well. I think they could have actually gone a little bit farther, made the house a little bit creepier. Uh, that would have added a little bit to it. Um, but yeah, you were right. Overall, there weren't very many special effects. I guess the only one would be the the house, the house explosion. The yep. And um, so yeah, I, I really just gave it a two because there was nothing that stood out to me. So. All right, Karis. I gave it a five because if that's the only <laughs> special effect and it was an 80s movie, it looked pretty good. It, it, it did look good. <laughs> it did look good. I, I agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, for me, I gave the editing and effects a four. The movie is edited with a ton of great transitions, mostly used for comedy. We have long drawn out scenes designed to make you feel uncomfortable as uncomfortable as our characters, like the scene where they bring brownies over to the house and it's just awkward and drawn out. And it, it could go on a little too long, but it's designed to make you feel awkward intentionally. And then we have great lighting of shadows on walls. Usually when dealing with the Clopex, like, uh, when the shadow is huge and it eventually reveals the tiny actor who's the doctor um, or just the way that one lot on this block has its own unique atmosphere that's kind of demonstrated in the opening shot when that sudden gust of wind stops as soon as race steps off the dead grass. Uh, like, I think that's all very clever editing. There's a lot of ways that the shots are cut that are referenced with the humor. So like the line is not funny if you didn't see what was happening and vice versa, like you, it requires you to be paying pretty close attention the entire time to pick up all of the humor. That's why I think repeated watches, you catch those little editing tricks that are used. And to me, it just gets funnier every time I watch it. Um, the special effects are fine. Uh, I think we, we mentioned that home explosion is about the only real special effect in the film and it looks pretty good we have the uh slow well not slow it's a pretty quick pan from the universal logo down to the neighborhood street that's pretty seamless it's a nice transition and other than that there's not really many special effects but overall i gave it a four all righty next man we're gonna <laughs> fly through this i'm loving this this is going fast yeah all right next already <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 22. We're yeah, we're doing good. Right. We're doing good. All right. Next up, script. We should slow okay. down a little. Fine. I'll complain a little more. You can tell Bryce doesn't enjoy a movie when he doesn't have much to say about it. <laughs> yep, that's how forgettable these are. But anyway, I'm so many. Um <laughs> So I'm actually going to push back on that sequence where they go and meet the neighbors because that is where I bring the script into play a little bit. All right. Um, for me, the script is just dry. It is not for me. It just nothing. Nothing in the script was hitting for me. There's a couple good jokes here or there that landed. Um, I still like Carrie Fisher's uh, joke about getting her husband back. You know, when the guys are trying to get her, and it's it's kind of resembling like kids coming to see if their friend can hang out, and the mom says no. Oh, kicking the ground like a child yeah, <laughs> specifically that i was like okay that's kind of funny I, I i that one hit but 
Specifically, especially that scene where they go to meet the neighbors. For some people, I can see why it hit. For me, I just thought that was not well executed. Um, it was awkward, and I don't think it was a good awkward. It was very dry and boring, and nothing was happening. Not that something has to always be happening. I just think there is a better pacing that could have been had with that. Um, like I said, if you're going to make this a comedy movie, it needs to be funny. I was not laughing basically at all in this movie. A couple of lines hit here or there and got a chuckle out of me. But if you're going to make this a comedy, it actually has to be funny. I did not find this movie funny by any means. And your script is based is going to be responsible for this movie being funny or not. And so that's why it's a two. I could have probably gone one, but one felt a little harsh because, again, like I said, I chuckled a couple times and there were some decent jokes in here. But outside of that, it's it left me wanting a lot more. All right. Uh, On to Nathan. I gave the script a four. Uh, I thought the jokes hit well, but more importantly, I thought that it sounded like a conversation that neighbors would have. You know, you have people who don't always have the same way of speaking, have the same, you know, thoughts about things. But, you, you know, you've got your kind of aloof guy. You've got Ray, who is a little bit more reserved, but will, will explode in a moment's notice. You've got, you know, your your military veteran who he speaks like a military veteran, a uh, little bit off the rails, maybe some PTSD thrown in there. Uh, so I thought overall, the fighting between Carrie Fisher's character and and Ray was how couples fight. I mean, it, it, it all made sense. And I think it came together pretty well. All right, Karis. I gave it a four. Um, Cause when you're looking at the script, you have to look at what the writers want to happen in the scene total. So that includes your, your jokes that have to be watched as well. And I think overall jokes land throughout and yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. So we're ready for this, Bryce. Um, I give the script a five. I actually think the script is brilliant. Wow. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those movies that you do not pick up on the sheer amount of brilliant content content in your first watch. The movie constantly references how absurd it is from characters acknowledging the obvious with lines like we shouldn't be staring like this as they continue to stare <laughs> to garbage men discussing paraphysical healing, but hating cul-de-sacs because people are weird. <laughs> like it's constantly acknowledging its own absurdity in its script. The story of skip the soda jerk sounds like a great horror movie that never got made, but should have, uh, the movie itself has a dry, like you mentioned, it is dry but it's a dark sense of humor that delivers more with each repeated watch. But a majority of the comedy is directly related to sight gags. It's not necessarily one-liners. It's things like the doctor in that drawn-out home scene that gets uncomfortable. It's things like the doctor stating candles would be romantic for the ladies, but if you look, the candles on the table are nearly a bonfire. It's not romantic at all. So there's little dry senses like that throughout the film. And it's got one of my favorite climactic monologues ever delivered by Tom Hanks that the whole, remember what you were saying about people in the burbs, people who mow their lawn for the 800th time and, and snap. Well, that's us. It's not them. And I think that's actually a really powerful message that this movie is trying to deliver that like, just because our neighbors are different than us doesn't mean they're the weird ones. It's probably us for not minding our own business. And I think it's delivered great. I think it's a great reflection on kind of that whole nosy neighbors attitude and society as a whole, not accepting necessarily people being different i think the script is really well done i do agree that there might be a couple scenes that could be trimmed a little but overall i've grown to appreciate the script more and more every time i watch the film 
All right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Next up, we got a- 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 acting. Acting. All right. This was so generous on this one, if I remember. I think it was fair for the most part. <laughs> um, yeah. So I gave mine a three out of five um, because while I did not like most of this movie and the direction that they decided to take it, I still think that the actors played exactly what was written for them and they did it fine. Um, I can't really blame the actors a lot for what I watch in this movie because the actors weren't the issue themselves. It was more of the actual characters in the story. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, Tom Hanks was easily the standout um, of everyone. And like I said, I liked Carrie Fisher um, and her character. She had some good moments in this, too. Um, I don't I don't really know what else to say, because like I said, everyone just kind of served their role. Um, whether or not I liked it has nothing to do with the actors themselves. I thought they all did fine because this is actually a pretty good cast, like for the most part. I actually like most of these actors. Um, but yeah, I think that they did fine for what they were given. And that's all you can really ask, um, at least in my eyes, for a movie like this. All right. So Nathan. Yeah, I gave this a four. Like I said earlier, I think the characters are meant to be over the top and i think everybody kind of delivers on that um the only character i would say did not deliver was Corey feldman and that's just that might just be a preference do you have something against Corey? (laughs) i just don't think i think that character could have been played a little bit more um a little bit more intriguingly but i guess he might have been written that way and he might have played it well so um, overall, I, uh, yeah, like I said, a four. It was very well done. I've I've read that it's believed that the character Corey's playing is supposed to be stoned the entire movie. Oh, that would make mm. sense. Uh, That's because yeah. he's. I think he's almost always wearing sunglasses, mm. and so it was just kind of they they were kind of <clears throat> hinting at it without coming out and saying it that he's the pothead neighbor. He's yeah. Like- He's also supposed to be painting a house the whole time. Yeah, he's supposed to <laughs> that we never see owners do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, Karis, acting. I gave it a five. I think everybody plays their part very well. And even the kid for the Clopex who doesn't have any lines. Yeah, I don't think he speaks at all. Yeah. He's just like hmm. Hmm. sitting there like terrified, always looking, and then at the end he's like mean. He looks like he's about to be beat at any moment. He's got that abused puppy. Yes. Yeah. And he plays that without even speaking. So I just enjoy it. Okay. That brings up the body language, which I'm going to talk about in my acting. I gave the acting a four. Uh, I gave most, (laughs) I think everything in this movie a four because it's not Academy Award quality, but it's all very good. Um, I think every person delivers their character perfectly. We have Art feeding the paranoia, Ray just wanting to be left alone, but slowly kind of slipping into believing it. Uh, the standout for me is actually Carrie Fisher, acting like the only reasonable adult the entire film. Um, the number of times that she shows that she is just over her husband acting like a child using just her body language is amazing. And she always does it in this loving way. Like you kind of get that she still loves her husband. She just thinks he's being crazy and would stop. Uh, The acting for this movie is also very physical from the pratfalls of Rumsfeld to crushing the beer cans to show his frustration from Ray, tossing the human femur repeatedly before even realizing that's what they're holding Art is constantly eating throughout the entire movie. He eats at the beginning when he goes inside Ray's house. He eats when they go inside Walter's house. He's constantly just like the things people are doing on this movie are constantly interacting with their surroundings in a way that kind of shows a familiarity that feels real. Um, If you're paying attention, we mentioned even like Art at one point eats dog food and it's marked by nothing more than a facial expression as he realizes this doesn't taste right, but then keeps chewing and swallows. <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of physical comedy in this as well. It's pretty well-rounded. I think the characters deliver. And again, they're delivering on the character. So they're overacting on purpose. And I think it 
I worked out great for me. I think physical acting is one of the hardest forms of acting to get good. Mm-hmm. And I laughed the hardest in this movie at the end when he just picks up the stretcher and throws it in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. it was, it was really well I've been blown up. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that pretty funny. That scene was actually uh ad libbed. <laughs> He he did that on his own. Yep. Incredible. That, right. that was a good scene. I like that. Um, all right. So we're into direction now. Um, all right. So this is this is where the this is probably where my biggest complaint for the movie comes in. I can't um, wait to hear it. Yeah. Well, like I said, it kind of ties into mostly everything else that I've talked about in this movie. Um, I just don't. So I gave it a one out of five. I just feel like this move, like I said, as if I'm as I'm looking at this movie right now, this movie is under the uh, uh, category of comedy. So, if this is a comedy, you know, comedy can be subjective in some sense. Uh, there are there are different types of comedy, and you and I go um, back and forth on how we have. Yes, we have. You and me lives. have very different ideas of what comedy is. Yes, <laughs> um, this one, this movie for me, just first of all, was not funny. Like I didn't. There, like I said, there's a couple of moments where I chuckled, and it was you know clever and funny. But I was way more bored with this movie than I was laughing at it. Um, the and. I'm not gonna. I'm not comparing this to like Trolls Two or something like The Room. It is not like that so bad that it's like okay. Like I understand what I'm getting into. Like I had no clue what to expect from this movie at all. Like I look at it's a Tom Hanks movie. Okay, it's a about a guy who's just trying to have a vacation, but the neighbors are being weird. It's like okay, so we're going for like a comedy, maybe a dark comedy. You know, um, this could work possibly. And for just me personally, it does not work at all. The comedy doesn't land. The characters for me just were, I understand there's, there's the idea that, you know, they could be overacting or it's supposed to be from the eyes of Corey Feldman's character of like how crazy his friend, you know, his uh, neighbors are. Um, but at a certain point, halfway through the movie, I just checked out. Like there was nothing that was keeping me invested in the story or um, the comedy that was happening. I I feel like this movie might have worked better if it was a little bit of a darker comedy than just a straight comedy. Um, I think that could have maybe worked. I don't really know exactly what they would do in that situation then. But if this movie is not making me laugh consistently and the story is as stripped down and simple as it is and the characters are not are not likable or entertaining to me i i don't really know what else to say like about the direction like it just falls so short of what could have been cuz again they got a really good cast here of people who act who are all great actors and like i said i give them credit for what for the material they were given they all acted well and i think they all could still make this movie and it would mostly just have to change the story or the direction that they went with it. So I just, yeah, I, I don't think it really works at all. And I understand other people. It probably does. I could definitely see this being a cult classic or like, if you grew up on this movie, like it has a special place in your heart. I totally understand that. And that makes total sense to me. Um, but just for me alone, being the first time watching this movie, I just did not really find a lot of enjoyment. In it, and I thought that the direction was pretty poor for the most part. All right. Nathan, what did you think? So I gave this a four. I think the the director's you know, main job is to let the script speak for itself and let the actors kind of do their thing and get out of the way. Um, I think he did a good job of that. And pulling, you know, in addition to that, pulling uh, different aspects out of the actors that they may not see in the characters when they you know, when they read the script for themselves. Um, yeah, I think overall it's, it's pretty well, well directed. Karis. I gave it a four. I, Is that all you got? Yep. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> it's ah, a four. Great input. Yep. Am, so. Good input. Good input. Well, all right. <laughs> so I, I'm pushing back. Uh, I gave the directing a four. Joe Dante is mostly known for Gremlins and The Howling. Uh, He was actually a protege of Spielberg who began doing kind of working for Roger Corman, doing schlocky horror movies. Uh, I believe his first big one was 
Piranha, which it's it's schlocky. So being a protege of Spielberg, but having that kind of schlocky horror background, Dante's Suburbia looks a lot like Spielberg's, but it is a little darker. So we have things like the long tracking shot of the Universal logo at the beginning and then zooming all the way in down to the very street the movie takes place on. And then the movie ends with the reverse of that, where we are on the street and we zoom all the way back out to see the world to signify that this is kind of a universal story for everybody everywhere, even though it takes place on one street. He chooses everything expertly. Uh, there, I don't think there was a wasted frame in this movie. There's the beautiful tracking shot of hands Hans, who's the Klopek son, stepping out of the door and seeing the entire neighborhood staring at him. And this serves both, both as comedy and as this kind of unsettling sense of isolation that he feels so watched by the neighborhood they moved in to call their home. And he can't really feel safe there. But it's also funny because this is the moment when they're talking about like, oh, we shouldn't be staring yet the entire neighborhood's staring. There's just a lot of detail that's happening in the background from there's a comment made about a fertilizer truck at someone's house. And then a couple shots later, we see that same fertilizer truck leave in the background. Like that's an attention to detail that should be commendable. Or when the characters dig through the trash, the garbage man saying he's not cleaning it up. And then throughout the rest of the film, that trash remains on the street. It's in the background of the shots. It never gets cleaned up. Um, I think it's also beautifully handled how the Klopeks are always shown with this dark Gothic framing. Uh, not as though that's who they really are, but that is how the neighbors see them. Kind of how we talked about, is this movie from Corey's perspective? It could be. Or is it because there are a lot of times that we kind of feel like Corey Feldman's character, Ricky Butler, where we're just observing what's happening. And so I think that's intentional. Um, but when he's leaning into the Klopex with that dark Gothic sense, I think Dante leans into his horror origins using heavy shadows, dramatic lighting. And I think it pays off leading to, I mean, one of my favorite scenes is that I think he just handled really well with the amount of detail and one little scene is that scene where the garage door opens up and the car that's just shifted to neutral slides down the driveway, unloads what appears to be a body in a plastic bag into a trash can while the neighbors are watching. And there's just so many little details in that one shot that are handled beautifully. So I think it's it's timing, it's attention to detail. It's not Academy Award quality. We're not talking Oppenheimer. We're talking a horror comedy, and but it's still a level of quality that I think I think a one is pretty unfair. Just being honest, because Dante juggles the cinema cynicism, the satire, and the social commentary into a movie that I think is truly funny, but it also has a horror movie payoff. And I think that's difficult to do. You can argue if he stuck the landing. I can see why some people don't think so. But I also can't think of necessarily a horror movie slash comedy that does it better. You know what? Give me one second here. <laughs> horror comedy movies. Just I'm curious just because you said it. Let's see. Freaky, Trick or Treat, Scary Movie, Happy Death Day, Jennifer's Body, those are Ready all, or Not. Yep, those are all a little more mm. on the horror spectrum. They are comedies. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's where good. I disagree with you. I don't consider this a horror movie by any extent. Like, more of a thriller, probably. I, I can understand the thriller part of it, but... I, and I think that's where my biggest issue with the direction comes in. 
and I've heard a lot of like the like you guys talking about the underlying themes of this movie, and I totally get it. Like I I noticed them too, but at the end of the day, I'm still watching a movie, and so therefore I should still be entertained with this as a movie, even with the underlying. Just because you have underlying messaging within your movie that could work out well at the end of the day you're still making a movie and that's not to say it's easy to do by any means like this guy probably is a way better director than i would ever be in this situation and so i'm not going to act like i could do it better however i'm looking through i i just look through a list of just horror comedy movies or whatever they consider a horror comedy because i you know it depends who you are and these movies i'm looking at just like yeah that would make that makes more sense as a horror comedy that worked that line a little better than this one did again not to say that i can understand why people enjoy this movie i just don't think again being someone on the other side of the coin here who probably who didn't like this movie saying the one is direction saying saying the direction is a one because i don't think there was a balance between the comedy and the horror in fact it felt more like a comedy than it did a horror and because it felt like more of a comedy and it wasn't funny on top of that that just takes a lot more points down for it because there was no balance there between the two um so a thriller would make more sense in my opinion for this one that's at least what i would say about it but um again i understand totally where you know people would enjoy this more on the four and three four that was megan there yeah the four side of it so um anyway that was just uh just just to clarify a little more um on that point but there tim you happy i talked a little bit more congrats (laughs) when i got it out of me i i'm not sure I don't really disagree with you on the fact that this isn't a horror movie. Right. It's, yeah. it's not scary whatsoever. But what it does is it leans into classic horror tropes with the three hooded well, figures, three hooded yeah. figures digging in the backyard at night. Like that's a classic horror trope. We have the potential Satanists like that's a classic horror trope. And I think that's why it gets slapped with the horror even though totally. I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't actually call it a horror movie. So right. I, mm-hmm. I do agree with you on I, I don't think it's classically horror, but right. it plays mm-hmm. with the horror genre more than more than like the classic comedy genre. Even though it's, yeah, totally. it is a comedy, it's playing with horror elements instead mm-hmm. of like college parties or you know typical raunchy comedy type stuff mm-hmm. so yeah i i agree with you on i don't i don't think it's necessarily a horror film all right, right yeah but it is it's still one that i break out every halloween every That's october totally fair all right and before before we move off of it one of my favorite horror comedies that came to mind that i just saw cabin in the woods so see yeah that's why i don't think this is necessarily horror Right. Yeah. The same. It was just more. It was more of a side comment. I'm. I'm getting off track right. here. Well, I do love Kevin in the Woods. is a great movie, but I don't necessarily. It's so good. I actually don't necessarily <laughs> think of that one as comedy, even though it is. It's. It's more dark comedy. Yeah, I'd it's, say. It's very. Yeah. Anyways, we're sidetracked. Anyway. On to yeah, the side factor. Um. Yeah. For it factor. Um. Uh, yeah. I gave this a one out of five. I and I'm not. I don't. I don't want it to sound harsher than it is, but I legitimately have never ever heard of this movie until tim brought it up basically i've never heard it talked about in any of like the other review channels or movie channels that i listen to or watch um it's a tom hanks movie and as for tom hanks movies i've never heard of this movie with his name attached to it um in fact, if I'm not mistaken, the first time I heard of this movie was actually two years ago, I think, when we did a Halloween party and you threw it on uh, before we all left. But yeah, I, I only give it a one because I've never heard about it. Um, I don't know if it was that successful at the time. It might have been. Um, I think the 80s were a little bit um, kinder to their movies <laughs> than we are now um, when it comes to box office. they didn't so. have podcasters trashing movies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it looks like the budget was about 18 million. Am I reading that? 18 million. And let's see, the gross uh, worldwide was about 50 million. So it looks like it did fine uh, for Moderately. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of the reviews I can see for this movie are pretty mixed for the most part. Um, yeah. Some people say it's an underrated 80s flick, and some people say, kind of with me, like it doesn't hit and it's kind of boring. But yeah, but I mostly land on I have never heard of this movie or and it doesn't seem like oh since the 80s it has 
garnered any steam to be talked about compared to other 80s movies and i'm not saying that's the movie's fault necessarily but from my point of view i i just think one or two is probably comfortable where i'd stay with that so that's a fair uh informed way to come at it yeah yeah uh i gave it a four um i agree maybe not well advertised and maybe uh Maybe it didn't do well at the box office, but it is definitely still culturally significant. There are a lot of themes themes in it that we that can kind of resonate with us today. And uh but yeah, that's why I gave it a four. Yeah. Karis. I also gave it a four. And I agree that it does resonate because I catch myself like looking out the window down the street, like who's doing what? What is, what is happening? Why is their basement glowing? <laughs> Why are there cops outside our window at one a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. I also gave it a four. The movie did modestly at the box office. Reviews at the time were not super positive, like you said. But over the years, the movie has actually grown a pretty sizable cult following of people who and it's probably like you said it's probably their parents liked it and raised them on it much like us and growing up like growing up i remember we would watch this movie but there were scenes we couldn't see like uh the texas chainsaw homage scene in there we were we had to close our eyes at things (laughs) things like that but I think it's people remember this movie with fondness, but I also, I mean, even as you were just going through your list of horror comedies, I can't name another movie that's quite like this one. And I think that's why it has grown a cult following. And like they, like both Karis and Nathan said, it still resonates with people. It, you see your neighborhood reflected on screen. You see yourself in some of these characters. At least I did. Um, and I think that makes it stand out above some of the others of that time period. So I think that's why I gave it a four is mainly because of the cult following and it, how its message is still significant. And like I said, talking about in the story, the nosy neighbors thing is still culturally relevant and we could all still learn that just because someone is different doesn't mean it's bad. So I think that's still a relevant message. If I may present monster house as a good comparison, (laughs) I'm literally just looking through these movies. now. Monster house is also, I love that movie. I think that monster house is one of the most underrated Halloween movies ever. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to pick that for next year's list. I'm going to do that for next year. I love that movie. We're going no rules next year. Cause this birthday (laughs) is kind of confining. It was, man. I hated my options so much. It was. Um, Okay. So let me tell you, I'm feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, Let's go ahead and head into our entertainment and final scores here. Um, so for me, I came to a, uh, for entertainment value, a three out of 10, uh, leaving my score at 18. So it's not as bad as Trolls 2. Take that with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, yeah, I uh, just was not entertained with this movie. This is one of the it few movies. puts it at a terrible. <sighs> well, <laughs> let's put it this way. I will probably never watch this movie again and never go out of my way to watch this movie again. And if I, for some reason I find myself watching this movie again, I will be probably paying zero attention to the movie, honestly. Um I just did not find the movie compelling or entertaining at all. I'm on board for like the first 10 minutes just because I want to see where things go. I'm trying to feel it out, you know, get kind of, you know, make that connection with the characters in the movie. Um, And like I said, for something that touts itself as a comedy, I was not laughing at all for the most part. Um, The story and the pacing is just really off the entire movie. It drug its feet for most of the movie. How long is this movie? This is like hour and... Hour and a half, hour 40. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This movie felt like a two hour and like 15 minute movie for me. It just felt like it was not ending. Uh, The payoff is not great at all. Um, I didn't find it fulfilling in any way. Um, I do appreciate Tom Tom Hanks' little like spiel at the end of it. But um, yeah, I just will. I you will not see me watching this movie ever again, probably unless for some reason it comes on and I'm just present at the time. I'll make sure that happens. 
I know you will. I was like, that's exactly why I said if it's just on and I'm there, it's probably because of Tim. So, <laughs> all right, Nathan, your overall. Yeah, my overall uh, entertainment entertainment was eight with a final score of thirty five. Uh, yeah, I think it has great cultural themes. I think it has great humor. Um, I really enjoy movies where the humor isn't forced, you know, not all situations in real life are funny. So you're getting a little bit of a balance between like a serious note and a funny note at the same time. The movie feels real. It feels, um, relatable. So I enjoyed it. Uh, my entertainment score was a 10, which <laughs> brought it to a 46 as my total. I have enjoyed the movie ever since I was a kid. And now that I'm adult, I relate to it more because now I'm watching my own neighbors and like. Now you are that neighbor. I am that neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably art in the scenario. Like, I don't want to do it, but I will, I will get other people to investigate for me. And fall off an electrical <laughs> pole in the process. <laughs> All right. I my overall entertainment value, I give this movie a nine, which brings my score to a 41. Uh I'm thoroughly entertained by this movie. I took off one point because I I can agree a little bit. I do think it drags just a little, but not so much that it ruins the film for me. Um like I said, I, I enjoy it more every time I watch it. I pick up more on the humor. I pick up more on the physical comedy. I pick up more on the sight gags. And this movie is one of those that repeated watches reveal more of the intelligence behind the creation of the film. And I, like I said, I watch this movie every year. I've actually already watched it twice by the time this podcast airs, I'll probably watch it again. Um, <laughs> I like I thoroughly enjoy this movie from top to bottom. So I think Good was, you. did we just do our final <laughs> thoughts on it too? Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah I mean I don't did. I don't really have anything more to say. I feel like I've gotten <laughs> gotten most of my grievances out of the way. Yeah, we're at fifty five minutes. We're right. We're right about the time that we wrap it up. But yeah. yeah. So I think. I think it is it is one that you know some people are going to find it boring like Bryce said but some people are going to thoroughly enjoy it and I do think that's represented in our average score which is why we're here um the average score is actually a 33 oh wow. with all six of our scores combined I believe I got you and Megan in there and then yep. my mm-hmm. wife Karis and Nathan got all six of us in there and 33 puts it at a good movie not great not fantastic just a good movie for a social setting you're going to have some people who think it's boring you're going to have some people who enjoy it yeah that's probably fair yeah so I think I think we beat this dead horse enough <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I got a few more grievances I like to air oh, about no. this movie. <laughs> oh, no. I'm I'm kidding. Okay. I'm just okay. Kidding. <laughs> All right. So with that, that was episode twelve of thirteen of thirteen nights of Halloween. Tomorrow, oh baby, tomorrow is October thirty first. Which what happens then? Um, Halloween. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with the final episode. All right, episode thirteen. Um, we'll just wait for you to find out what we're talking about then. But yes, sir. It's unfortunate that Halloween falls on a Tuesday this year. It's kind of weird, honestly. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. No, it kind of sucks. So by the time you're listening to this on a Monday, you probably already had most of your festivities over the weekend. But if you didn't, play it safe right. tonight. Have a great Halloween tomorrow. We'll see you for the final episode. Bryce? Yep, as usual, don't forget to follow us on the YouTubes, the Rumbles, the Spotify's. Uh, you can follow us on also Facebook, Instagram, and me on Twitter as well. Send us any movie requests that you have. Uh, let us know your own scores. You know, it doesn't have to be the exact movie we're always watching. Um, you can just watch any movie and put it on there. Maybe we'll see it and be like, hey, maybe we should check that out and do a review on it. Um, just let us know your thoughts. It's always more fun when we get more reviews and we're not uh, using it within only like three or four reviews usually that we have for most of these movies so um yeah give us a follow and share with your friends that'd be pretty awesome 
All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. See ya. Okay.